Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you may also may know my affairs and how I'm doing. Tychicus, a brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent to you for the same purpose, that you may know my affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be unto the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. And amen. Now, in Ephesians here, it starts, starts off, it says, praying always. Well, you, you have to realize, he said for us in the last verse, to take uh, the, put on the, the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. And then, of course, the next very word is praying. So that is a position or that is a posture uh, that he's saying while we're taking up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, having on the loin belt of, uh, of truth and, and, and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace that we've dealt with. It, actually, the word always here is a word which means at every opportunity or more specifically in every situation or season. In other words, at any time you get the chance, you pray. Now, there's two kinds of prayer mentioned here in this verse. It says, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication. The word prayer is prosukes. Prosukes is a combination of the word pros, which means literally face to face. We've dealt with that quite often in this series, if you'll remember. Uh, it means face to face, and then ukase means to speak good. And so what he's basically saying here is that you are speaking face to face and basically speaking to God in this situation. And then he deals with the word supplication, which is the Greek word diasis. It means to pray earnestly because you have a great need or a great petition and literally and primarily because you are coming to God face to face for someone else's benefits. But we want to talk about this little word supplication first. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, he said here, who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers, that is the word diasis, and supplications, that is the word hyketeria, which means which means to approach for a favor. And so basically he said, You are you are when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and he was heard in that he feared. He trusted God. So that's that's what Paul said to the Hebrews and used this word supplications. And then in James chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man subject to light passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly. And the word prayed is the, the Greek word prosyukomai, uh, uh, actually, meaning to supplicate earnestly, and that is fervently that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, 
and the earth brought forth her fruit. And then there again in uh, in First Peter chapter four, we have a scripture using this same word again. But he says, "the the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer." And the word watch also is a word which sometimes is translated sober, uh, which means to literally be in control. But he says, watch unto prayer, which is prosuke, uh, 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 deesis rather. And then in Ephesians 6.18 again, it says, praying always at every moment that you have an opportunity, you pray with all prayer. So there's different kinds. There's about 10 different kinds of prayer. But in, in specific, we're talking about the prayer in spirit. Now, the word the is described in Greek uh, literature as a definite article. And so when, if, it, if you read the word in the spirit and the definite article is there, then it is talking about the Holy Spirit. But this word does not, spirit here, pneuma, it doesn't have the word the in front of it. It, it uh it, it, it literally should read praying in spirit, which would be little s, meaning that it's pro- talking about your spirit. That is where our prayers, which are powerful in God, when we pray in spirit, they are effective. They are always accurate. They are always full of faith and power because your spirit can pray nothing else. And so he said, praying always in spirit, uh, which uh, talking about your spirit. So basically we can draw a conclusion there that prayer, uh, there's only one way to pray in spirit, and that is from your spirit. And the primary part of our prayer life should consist in the fact that we are praying in tongues. Now, that's a pretty strong statement. This is the highest form of prayer. This is the kind of prayer that always gets answers, never is behind, never does not know what to pray as we ought to pray in any given situation, which is what he said here at the first of the verse, praying always at every moment of time, Anytime we get an example, or, or an opportunity rather, anytime we have a need, anytime that someone else has a need, you pray in spirit, and that, my friend, is tongues. I know there's a lot of preachers out there, some may be listening right now, that does not agree with that, but that doesn't take away the fact that it is true. Our enemy has been professional and has done a professional job in keeping this vital truth away from the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And most uh, there's a lot in the body of Christ, I, 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 it may be accurate to say most, that does not even utilize this particular kind of praying. And so when you don't, then you are always relying on your ability to perceive what needs to be prayed. And there's so many times we don't know. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 14, where we don't know what to pray as we ought to, or rather in Romans 8, which we should get in there a little bit more this evening. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's look at what it means here to speak or to pray in tongues, in spirit again, which is in tongues. 
Paul said in chapter one of uh, or chapter fourteen rather of First Corinthians, verse two. It's an explanation because it starts with four, which I don't have time to go verse by verse. We do. It would take eight weeks to get through this. But he says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, now the word unknown is not there. And the word tongue is glossa. If I pray in a glossa, my spirit prayeth. My spirit prayeth. If that was the Holy Spirit he's talking about, and in what he talked about to the Ephesian church, it would have said, uh, it would have been worded a little different. If I pray in tongue, the Holy Spirit speaketh. But he says here, uh, my spirit speaketh, not un... Uh, it speaks in a... Uh, I'm, I'm reading verse 14. I'm sorry. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. How be it in spirit? See, the word thee is not there again. What does he do? It says if he's speaking in that glossa, that what we've termed as the unknown tongue, he is not speaking to men. So you see, this can't be a prayer in his earthly language, in his native tongue that he's referring to. Because if he was, he would be talking to men. See, So he says here, he's not talking to men, but he's talking unto God. In fact, the word unto God here should, should have been translated into God. You are speaking these divine secrets right into God. Not that he needs to know them. He already knows all the secrets. But he says, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in spirit he speaketh mysteries. And the word speaketh is the Greek word laleo. And almost all of the time throughout the New Testament here, the Paul's writings, the word laleo is in reference to a supernatural language that is not derived from the, his intellect. If it was derived from his intellect, if it was a known tongue, it would be formulated one word after another, which is the Greek word lego. Just like the toys that kids play with, legos, connecting parts together. Lego describes a language that's put together one word at a time, concept, uh, sentence, paragraph. But this, when it's talking about laleo, it's not talking about that. So here, in fourteen, uh, uh, chapter 14 and verse 14, it says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. That's what I emphasized a moment ago. But my understanding is unfruitful. That, and the word understanding is the Greek word for mind. Noose. I do not understand. I cannot receive what that language has said. It says it's unfruitful. It does not produce. So he says, what is it then? In other words, how does this work? It's sort of like, how be it in spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now those mysteries are concepts or answers to questions in our lives that we have no way of obtaining naturally. We can't go to another human being for advice and receive the kind of instruction that comes from this prayer language we call tongues. Uh, so he says, how be it in spirit, he speaks mysteries. And those mysteries are, uh, they are concepts that are obtained uh, by virtue of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which gives you revelation 
uh, concerning what you've said. Uh, that, 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 that commodity or that answer or that problem that needs to be solved that is given to you by divine inspiration or influence from the Holy Spirit can be made known to you. It's beyond your natural ability to comprehend or grasp it or pull in the information you need to conduct your life, to, to uh, uh, go about living your life. It comes from the Holy Spirit. So Paul says then, I will pray with spirit. There again, the definite article. The translators got it right on that word spirit because it's lowercase. It's talking about spirit. So Paul said, I will, meaning that I have the choice as an act of my will to pray out of my spirit. And I will pray also with the understanding also. It does not mean, not that I'm against prayer lists, not that I'm against prayer requests. The only really prayer request that I'm against is uh, an unspoken request because it cancels itself out because God wants your requests to be made known and if it's unspoken, how can it be known? But anyway, he says, I will pray with my understanding, meaning this, that as you are given the understanding of what you've prayed out in the Spirit, you can also pray in your normal earthly language that you were born with. He also says, I will sing with Spirit. It's a wonderful thing to begin singing in tongues. Uh, and, and, and it's happened to me uh, several occasions in my life where I have sang out wonderful songs of the Spirit and given direction to people. And he says, so... I will sing with understanding also. And verse 16, else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks? So we can draw a conclusion there that those tongues is a form of giving thanks. Tongues is the highest form of communication uh, with, with God. So keep that in mind. Seeing he understands not what thou sayest, for thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not uh, edified. In other words, is not built up. Now over in uh, uh, Jude chapter 1 and verse 20, many of us know this, but I want you to look at it once again. He says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by flesh. So, we are spirit, just like God is a spirit. We are spirit primarily. Our, pri our spirit should be what we live our life with. But since the fall of Adam came, people have developed the soulish realm and live out of their emotions, their five senses, and therefore cannot really follow the Spirit. So we are Spirit, and God is Spirit. So we should speak to Him in Spirit. Now there's two, possibly three reasons to pray in our earthly tongue. That is, number one, to confess sins. Your Spirit's not going to confess sins, because it has none. But in your natural life, you need to, to confess to God your personal sins that you have allowed yourself to participate in. 
Or secondly, to the prayer of agreement. Or some other public prayer that might be going on. Uh, 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 For instance, at church when you have corporate prayer and people are praying for a specific thing. Or prophetic prayers. Now prophetic prayers are prayers in spirit, but they're prayed out in a prophecy tone uh, so that everybody will hear and everybody will be uh, edified, but it's still coming out of your spirit, but it's prayed in your, in our case, would be English. So our prayers in English really should be spirit-led or the gift of interpretation. It's much better. Many times my wife and I, before we uh, roll over to go to sleep, we will pray, and many is the time that I will be praying in spirit in my tongues and then shift over and pray a prophetic prayer. It could be praying for my children or her children or any number of things that the Holy Spirit wanted to unctionize us in order to pray. You know, though Jesus did say, what things soever you desire when you pray, say. What things are you desire? Say. Pray. So it's, it should come out. So, both prosukes and diasis should be in other tongues. Should be done that way. I'm telling you, you say, well, you're emphasizing tongues too much. No, we are not emphasizing it enough. Because we will pray out problems before we ever get there. That's what the lance of intercession is. Uh, so, so praying in spirit is always a blessing. Now... Speaking of the lance of intercession, when does our prayer language turn to intercession? And of course, as I read to you, Jude 20, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, fumatos hegiote. Basically, it says there, praying in the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit. So this praying in the spirit here he's talking about is really partnership with the Holy Spirit as you are hooking up with Him, and He is in partnership with you to accomplish the will of God on the earth. He needs our participation before He can rot or bring forth the miracles and signs and the wonders that it takes for us to accomplish the Great Commission here. It takes Him helping us. He is our helper. He is not the doer. So we need to keep that in mind that without our cooperation, a lot of the things of God are not going to get done. Now in Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verse 22, I want you to notice this here. He says, for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit... Even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption, which is basically, uh, uh, he says, uh, the redemption of our body, the culmination of all things. What we are groaning about from our spirit is the fact that we are encased in a non-regenerate, unborn again body that is not going to be born again. It is not going to go to heaven. It never wants to pray. It always wants to follow its... uh, uh, physical senses and, and it's interested 100% of the time in what makes it feel good. And so he says here, uh, we groan within ourselves because of that. He says, uh, f- waiting for the adoption, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is really not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? Now look at this. 
But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So we are waiting for the culmination of all things. I believe that it's imminent. I think the return of the Lord Jesus is very, very soon. It could be within the next few years. And I do realize that people have been saying that for centuries, probably a couple of thousand years. My son and I were just talking about this a while ago. But uh, I realize that the time is upon us, but we are still groaning within ourselves because we're faced with a situation of, of uh, capacity. In other words, when we, when we try to live our life based on earthly wisdom, uh, based on you know, what seems right to our flesh, then we're going to make wrong decision after wrong decision, and, and we're going to end up not accomplishing what God wants us to do. And that's very frustrating, and that is what brings on the groanings. And I'm not talking about complaining. I know we have a lot of people groaning around about stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us faced with a, 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 a possibility that we cannot do what God has called us to do. So notice this. Here's how tongues come into, into play with that. He says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now the word thee is there in the Greek. And the, the capital S on spirit is correct because the, hope, the Holy Spirit comes to uh, help our infirmities. And the word infirmities there is the Greek word asthenia. We uh, in the health profession, those people that are out there listening, knows of doctors and nurses, uh, they, they know the, what that word asthenia means. It's where we get the word anesthetic. Anesthetic means it renders you completely incapable of movement. Sort of like puts you in a comatose position. Uh, you, you're, you're feeble. You, you have inability. And so the Holy Spirit knows that about us. That when we are not operating out of our spirit, uh, unctionized and powered by Him, the Holy Spirit, we're faced with the improbability of ever accomplishing anything for God or, or having victory in our lives, winning any battles. Because you see, you're not using the lance. You're not taking care of those things that are out there just in the future. You know, Jesus Himself, and I like to, I like to think that... Uh, what Jesus says about something is the truth. Some people doubt what Paul says is the truth. But I, I, believe, I believe Paul told the truth too. But Jesus said that the Holy Spirit was given to us and He would show us things to come. Well, that's not just talking about uh, the rapture or you know, prophetic events happening. It can be. But it can also be something that's coming to defeat you. An enemy out there that you can't see with your natural eye. But he knows in the spirit, see, and he can show you things to come. And you can take the lance of intercession, which, by the way, was stuck down the straight of his back underneath his uh, loin belt of truth. And he pulls that out and he fires that thing out there and it goes and it takes care of the problem before it ever comes into view. That's what God wants us to do is handle the difficulties and problems in our lives without ever having to deal with it up close. 
You say, well, what if we allow it to get up close? That's what the sword of the Spirit was. Go back to that lesson and listen to that. That's what the breastplate's for. That's what the shield of faith is for, is to shield off these attacks, uh, quenching the fiery darts of the wicked one. But it's much better to deal with these things before they ever get there, and that's the lance of intercession. So he deals with this, uh, the, the, you know, this, this helpeth. He comes to help us. He helpeth. It's King James. It's Old English. But it is the Greek word soon antilambano. Soon means to be with someone. If, if, uh, if you and I were walking together somewhere, we would be together. It would say they were walking soon. They would be walking together. So the word helpeth means soon. Anti, of course, we know what that means. To be aggressively against. And lambano, which means take hold This is the picture of what this word means. And this is all given to you in the armor of God. But Paul said to you, you put it on. You take the shield of faith. You take the sword of the Spirit. You take all these things. You do this. You put this on. So if you will do that, then what he's doing, he's taking hold with you against the problem to grab it and get it out of the way. That's helpeth. That's how he... (laughs) Helpeth us. That's how he uh, uh, causes us to rise up out of the problems that we seem to encounter uh, walking in this life. He says there, as we go on down in this, he says, The Spirit likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, it's the Greek word, Autos, which means himself. It, the, the Holy Spirit is not an it. So the, so, but the Holy Spirit himself maketh, notice this, intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Cannot be uttered is the Greek word alelatos. Meaning that when you have a beginning of a Greek word with the letter A on the end of it, it negates it, meaning that it cannot be spoken. These groanings that we hear, that we experience, sometimes in in deep intercession, when you start getting into this lance of intercession, deep intercession sometimes will lead you to a place where you can't even say the words in tongues. They come out as deep intercessional groans, and you know that it's being accomplished. And that's, that's exactly what he's talking about there. He says... Uh, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit searches your heart and knows the mind of, meaning the plan of, uh, the mind of the Spirit. In other words, what... The mind of God that He's put on the inside of you, which means the plan for your life. It's wonderful. It's furnished with peace. It's furnished with power. It's furnished with great ability. It's furnished with grace, which is God's ability. But unless we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to search, it's interesting to me there that the word searcheth is irariono, which means to investigate. We get our English word eureka from that. It comes from that same Greek word, eureka, 
That's what they used to say in Colorado and out west. You know, when they discovered gold. Eureka, I have found it. Well, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He searcheth. He comes into our heart, searches what God's call is for us, and causes us to pray that out in, other, in that heavenly language, and we begin to walk in that which God has called us to do. Now, can you see how important it is for us to uh, get involved in praying in spirit and praying in that heavenly language? Because without that, none of this could be accomplished. And I'm, I'm, I hate to say, it's sad to say, but a large portion of the body of Christ over the past few centuries have not ever gotten into that. And they have, you know, and, and I firmly believe this is one of the reasons that the Lord Jesus hasn't returned so far. Because the church basically is in babyhood stage. They have not grown in maturity. Thus, the reason for the maturing of the church uh, uh, course that we're doing here, that's the reason for that. And so... He comes in and he, suffer, he, he, he searches and causes us to discover. One time I was teaching this back years ago, back in the early 80s. And all of a sudden, when I was talking about he searcheth and he helpeth and he prays into intercession for us with these groanings, I used the term, if you give your life over to him in this moment and cooperate with the Holy Spirit and use this wonderful gift of tongues, then you begin to wiggle yourself in line with the will of God. It's, it's almost that practical that when you cooperate with him, you wiggle yourself in being in the center of his will. So, glory to God. But so he searches. Now, let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, talking about wisdom from the Spirit of God. And notice this, how be it. And the word how be it here literally can be broken down in our English language, meaning how does it work? How be this? How does it work? He says, Paul says, now, he's explaining what happens when he prays in tongues. We speak... And it's the Greek word, laleo. Wisdom from among, among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. When you speak in your known language, you're primarily refer, having to refer to the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is how we've learned to negotiate our lives. But the wisdom which is from above comes down from God. He gives to all men liberally, the Apostle James told us, and does not upbraid us. He says, uh, we don't speak the wisdom of the world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we, notice what he said, but we speak, laleo, we speak in tongues the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now remember what I said. That mystery, those mysteries are coming up out of you. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. We speak mysteries. A mystery is that which cannot be attained through natural apprehension and can be made known to you only by the Holy Spirit and that through divine illumination. So Paul said, that's what we speak. Paul, the apostle, was trained at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the most brilliant doctors of the law that has ever lived. And he studied at his feet, it said. He was his teacher. But he did not speak that wisdom. That wisdom came from the world. It was earthly. But he speaks the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now think about that. 
When you begin speaking in tongues, when you begin throwing this lance of intercession, you then are speaking the same kinds of languages that the apostles spoke 2,000 years ago. Same exact languages. Paul received his revelation through this medium uh, of the mysteries uh, of tongues. He says, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto whose glory? Our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They would have received Him. That's not talking about the devil. And a lot of preachers like to say, talking about, no, it's not. The devil knew exactly who he was. That's why he wanted to murder him. But notice this, he says, but as it is written... As it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto, his, to, unto us. How? God hath revealed them unto us by, it's the Greek word dia, through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things... Yea, the deep things of God. Now, that's not the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there's lots of commentators. I've got books and books and books uh, on theological positions about these things. And nearly every single one of them say that this is the Holy Spirit. But why would the Holy Spirit, which is God, search God? He is God. So what is it here? Your spirit has the capacity now to search the things of God. Yes, even the deep things of God. This causes you to have a capacity for revelation knowledge. In fact, one great man of God said it right. He said that tongues is a revelation gift. And how much could you benefit? How much could you benefit... Well, the little dog has just messed up stuff. <laughs> uh, but anyway, how could you, much could you benefit by a full-blown revelation knowledge from God about anything in your life? So, let's continue reading here. He said, they, they seek the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? And what things know the spirit of God save the spirit of God? Uh, but the Spirit which is of God, that we, notice this, that we might receive or know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we also speak, which is laleo. Laleo, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. That's not where that instruction is coming from. It's coming out of God. But that which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. The natural man cannot receive the things of God. Quit trying to force him into it. You say, what do you mean force him into it? That's exactly where church doctrine, man's laws, rules, regulations which is all developed to control your behavior, that's the wisdom where it comes from. But when we walk in spirit, you see, 
We automatically do the will of God. We do not walk in offense. We do not walk in a way that is not pleasing to God because we're walking by spirit. And he says, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of God, or mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. And of course we know that the mind of Christ, of course, is in our spirit, not in our natural mind. You cannot renew your natural mind. And so this, this prayer life that we have, which the Lance of Intercession uh, definitely speaks of, is talking about this praying in the Spirit is always a blessing. Uh, and, and so we need to understand that, that uh, in order to please God, we're going to have to walk in Spirit. First uh, Samuel 16 and 7 said, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. He looks on the outward, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So you see, uh, the Lord looketh, ra'ah, means to investigate or searches the heart. That which is in your spirit is inexhaustible. Proverbs 20 and 5 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. So that's, that's the kind of, uh, how can I put this, on tap information we have in our spirit uh, by virtue of the, of the fact that we are born again in spirit, filled with His Spirit. So, uh, when you try to contrast praying out of your natural mind and natural wisdom uh, as opposed to praying out of your spirit and wisdom from above is just like uh, cutting a tree off at the ground, uh, 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 but when you pray in spirit, it will pull it up from the roots. That's, that's the analogy there. You can get rid of natural circumstance. You can cause people to dress and act in a certain way. But that's only surface. That's only surface level. But when you start walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is the great uh, teacher, will range over our heart and dig out the things that should not be there and will cause us to be edified to a point of productivity. Uh, so, so we're praying according to God. You know, this is a requirement of the Holy Spirit's partnership with us. He supplicates being sent by God on behalf of the saints, which are the holy ones. Now in Ephesians 6.16 6, again, or 6.18, uh, he says, Watching thereunto, uh, which it's a group neo, which basically means to stay up or wake up, be awake, stay awake, be constantly on the lookout uh, in per perseverance in prayer. Always look for an opportunity for prayer. Don't look for an opportunity to not pray. Say, oh, well, everything's good now. I can just... Listen, when you let down your guard, sort of like if you're in battle and you let your shield of faith loose, you're going to be attacked. So he says, watch in prayer. Uh, Hupamene, stay under the load or the power to hang in there. Uh, in uh, Colossians 4.12, it talks about Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ. Salute you always, laboring fervent uh, for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. 
So when you do not see immediate results, keep interceding in partnership with the Holy Spirit until you do. Don't give up. You say, how do I know? It will come over you. You will know inside. You'll have a sense of relief. You'll say, okay, the answer is there. You may not have any look of it. I mean, and in fact, you might. Somebody might give you a call and say, hey, I was facing this and all of a sudden it left. Well, that's, that's you interceding. This lance of intercession is not just for you. It's for those out there that are in trouble as well. See, Supplication uh, primarily deals with prayer for the saints of God. Intercession is primarily for the obstacles you face as well as praying for lost people. Romans 15 and 30 said, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. The word strive together is soon agonizomai. And that's the same word as I was mentioning a while ago. Soon, together, in other words, agonizomai is the Greek word for, or the English word for agony. Exactly what was used of Jesus when he was in the garden and he prayed uh, agonizing prayer. And so Ephesians 6 then here is really talking about our face-to-face conflict can successfully be handled by our face-to-face prayer with God. I mean, think about that. And you get into the odds making, you know, there's a lot of people that bet on stuff and they, they bet on odds about things. What were the odds of David's rock hitting Goliath right in that small hole? Some, someone said that it was near his forehead here in his temple. What, what, was the, what was the chances of that hitting Goliath's helmet in that spot? It was guided by the Lord. And I know this is a cliche, but we, we face little devils, but we have a big God. We need, to, we need to change our attitude about that. Uh, verses 19 through 24 in this is Paul is talking about... Let me see if I can find that again here. He said here... Paul said, now I want you to pray. He said, pray for me. Notice, notice what they were praying with this lance of intercession. That utterance may be given to me. So if I'm asking you to pray for me, that's what I want you to pray. But I don't want you to pray English prayers about it. I want you to pray from your spirit for me. Uh, If you're a member of Crosspoint, pray for your pastor for utterance to be given to me. Notice this. This is the next thing. That I may open my mouth boldly. So that's what he was asking them to pray. And then he says, to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that, I, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you also may... No- Notice this. I want you to pray that you may also know my affairs and how I'm doing. I mean, they were miles, dozens, maybe 50 miles away. And he was asking them to pray so that they would know his affairs. And how he was doing. How do you think they would know that? By revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. And he clarifies that. He says, uh, Tychicus, my brother, 
My beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord shall make known to you all things. In other words, you can know by the Spirit how I'm doing in my affairs. But Tychicus is going to come and make you know all of this and, and fill in all the details. He says, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose. What purpose? That you might know of our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. And then he gives the salutation there of what he was doing. So he wanted, he wanted them to pray that he might have utterance given to him. I've been in places where I didn't have utterance. I made utterance. I worked up a message. I got the scriptures out and I, I labored getting a message together. But it's much better when the Lord gives me an utterance. And I don't have to study about it. I don't have to think about it. I just have to open my mouth and it comes boldly. And that's the next thing that he said. So that he would speak boldly. So that they would know. So that they would receive others. And then of course he pronounces the grace of God upon him. Now, in this lance of intercession, we have uh, covered only just a little bit of what this is all about. There could be ten more lessons on this kind of prayer. Praying in tongues. It's the most important thing in your life. It's the most important kind of praying. Don't get, Quit getting aggravated with all the prayer chains, all the lists you can get on. I mean, we have a mentality in the church today that seems to imply that the more people you get to praying, the better God will hear. He's not deaf. He doesn't need a crowd. He wants agreement. He wants people to stand in faith and pray the prayer of faith. And believe God right where they stand. And it's good when you have other people coming into agreement with you. That's called the prayer of agreement. But it's not a matter of getting on a big list. You know, the prayer chain and, and getting everybody praying. It's good if they know how to pray. I mean, uh, there's people that I do not want praying for me. Because they're going to pray stupid stuff, some of them. You say, what stupid stuff? Well, God, whatever your will is, let it be done. No, not having a clue what the will of God is. I don't want people like that praying for me. You say, well, they're just praying. No, you have to be specific with God. The Holy Spirit requires your cooperation. He's not going to do your praying for you. You have to give Him your mouth in order to do that. So, so keep this in mind over the next few weeks. And as I said... We have this is lesson 43, basically, uh, 38 by, by way of your notes, because some of them were double classes. But uh, I want you to get into this and, and meditate this and study this, go back over it. There's far more in this series than I could have ever have gotten. Uh, so I want to encourage you, get into the, the things of God. Start praying in the Spirit. Utilize that lance of intercession and take care of your problems before they ever get up close to you. Throw that thing out there and let the Holy Spirit guide you in your prayer. And those of you that are church members at Cross Point that are listening tonight, we'll see you January the 3rd. God bless you.